welcome to another episode of Fully Booked. I'm Megan. And I'm Shireen. And we are continuing with Gothic Literature Month here at Fully Booked. Because it's October. October. And it's spooky. <laughs> and we're really close to Halloween at this point. So, you know, everything is creepy. Everything is ominous. We've been to Universal Studios. Oh, We've done man. all the things. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so we are back and we are ready to just stay spooky for the entire rest of this month pretty much i mean we're always a little spooky so i guess yeah it's just who i feel we like are. i'm always mostly spooky <laughs> i'm always like 50 to 60 percent spooky <laughs> <laughs> but in october it goes up to it, like, well i just kick 100. it up to like 110 percent yeah. at that point because no one looks at me funny if i yeah. like wear certain it's shirts true. and stuff my whole identity. Yep. Um, so to continue with our coverage of gothic fiction, uh, we figured why not refer to like the gothic queen, Shirley Jackson. Oh, she's awesome. For our next pick. So um, today we're going to be talking about We Have Always Lived in the Castle, which was released back in 2018. Father built this gate to keep us safe, but it could not protect him. My mom says you and Constancy right? Holy witch! People here believe Constance killed Father. One of the true, genuine mysteries of our time. There is such a thing as good taste. Have you ever tasted arsenic? What are you doing? I heard Father in his room. I feel him coming back. Um... I don't know if anybody knew that this existed. I had, like, seen it. I certainly didn't. I did, because I had, like, I remember having seen stuff about it when it came out and when it was being released, because it had, like, a recognizable cast and everything, but I never got around to watching it, because I think it was just, like, not available anywhere that I was looking for it. Yeah. Um, And I forgot about it after that until we were looking for ideas for this month, and then I was like, oh, shit. Yeah. (laughs) Right. I forgot about that, (laughs) because I think we were talking about Shirley Jackson in general when we were chatting about stuff, and then I was like... What have we gotten other than like like Haunting of Hill House adaptations have happened in different ways mm-hmm. over the years. Like you've gotten like a House on Haunted Hill and those kinds of things and like the haunting from like the late 90s. Mm. Oh yeah, but you said that's terrible. Oh, I can't even. I suggested that we watch that and Megan was like, no, I can't even watch it I again. mean like it's, oh God. It, you know what? If you're, if you want like kind of a, an okay time, kind of funny, like just to like laugh at because there's like a lot of super recognizable people in that movie like Liam Neeson, Catherine Zeta-Jones, Owen Wilson, a lot of people, and you're like, oh wow, hey, look at look at this whole cast of people doing this. But they're it, it really it's another one of those like we talked about this when we were talking about the woman in black. Um, there is nothing that feels period about it at all. It's not a period piece. It's modern, but just because it's got like that gothic sensibility to it, <laughs> yeah. And it's definitely it's nothing um, very very different. I should say most of the adaptations of the Haunting of Hill House are very different mm. from. The source material yeah like but they did do a pretty good job with that one no like, like in as a standalone yes like as a in its own like in its own way like the house on haunted hill which is like a oh god a movie from 19 maybe 59 or something oh i was with, oh yeah okay with vincent price yeah, yeah, if you yeah. like technically yeah. that's like one of the first adaptations of it i fucking love that movie yeah you love vincent price i love, oh, I love vincent price he's so great um <laughs> i love that movie it's very it's like it's very very much of its time, very spooky, ooky, black and white, but like so fun. 
and the character played by Vincent Price and his wife fucking hate each other and they've got really great banter back and forth. They're hilarious. They're really good. Um, then you've got the 90s one and then you've got obviously the Netflix adaptation as a TV show that yeah. Mike Flanagan that did uh, maybe four years ago yep. now, three, four years ago, something like that, yep. um, which is excellent and yep. also incredibly different because mm-hmm. we're treated like to a family story as mm-hmm. opposed to like the mediums who technically in the book are the people who come to explore Hill House. The great thing about Shirley Jackson, like whether it's her short stories or her, you know, novels or whatever, she, I was saying this to you earlier, she like toes the line around the supernatural. Yes. And a lot of what she brings out is like the, the horror of humanity. Yes. Of and like something, people, you know? Yes. A hundred percent. And like, and the horror of human relationships. Yes. Because that's something that you see a lot um, with people who have specifically said that they're like inspired by her. Somebody like Stephen King yeah. does a lot of that in his work. And I think that he's mentioned her as someone that he really, you know, whose work he really enjoyed when he was younger. So yeah. I can understand that just the same, like, you know, because if you, when you read something like it, yeah, for instance, there <laughs> come, never where it comes to a point where you're like, okay, so obviously, yes, there's a horrible evil entity in Derry yeah. that is killing these kids, but then there's another flip side to that of like, are the true villains in this the adults, like the people yeah. who let this happen? Because yeah. you have to be aware of what's going on. 100%. And like... I, again, I go back to my favorite Shirley Jackson short story, which is Louisa, Please Come Home. Mm -hmm. And it's about this girl who, she runs away from home. She's from a wealthy family. And every year her mom puts a recording on the radio saying, Louisa, please come home. And she runs into this guy who she knew way back when and at some point later on. And he recognizes her and he's like, oh my God, you have to come back. Your mom's been looking for you. And she goes back and her family doesn't recognize her. Right. And again, she hears this radio, Louisa, please come home. Like again. And so it's just like, it gives you chills because you're like, it's it's like a family relationship and it's something that just toes the line around something that could between happen. sort of family melodrama yeah. and horror exactly in and of itself and that's something that is present in pretty much all of her work very much yeah. including we've always lived in the like castle this one i found there was a lot of a lot of familial relationship it, like the whole movie just made me feel really uncomfortable oh yeah and like <laughs> To be honest, I had completely forgotten that this was a Shirley Jackson one. Yeah. And the whole time I was watching it, I'm like, what the fuck is happening in this? Yeah. Like, is it actual haunting? Like, is it is it actual, like, supernatural? Like, is there something in the water that's made everybody kind of crazy? Yeah. Like, what is happening? But no, the and true horror not, is, are the familial relationships. Exactly. That's what the horror is <laughs> yeah. in this, is the is the family that true yeah. horror true horror is people to a certain extent and yeah. i think that shirley jackson is one of those authors who's tapped into that the way like no one else in a yeah. way that just no one else 100%. has not really yeah um so actually it turns out i didn't this i wasn't like super aware of i did read this quite a long time ago mm-hmm. and it took me like 30 minutes into the movie to remember that i was like oh shit i have read this <laughs> um so we've always lived in the castle was originally published in 1962 and it was actually her final work oh yeah yeah really? that was ever published which is interesting it makes sense then why it was so spooky with the relationships because oh, 100%. she yeah. had had so much practice up until she got to that point know? she was like oh this is like a formula that yeah, i have yeah, now yeah. <laughs> um the film adaptation that we're talking about today was released in 2018 uh it currently has a rating 
rating of 5.6 out of 10 on IMDb and 88% on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, I go with that. I mean, that 5.6 rating could be a little higher, Yeah, I it's think. a little harsh, IMDb. Yeah. Like, I don't know. I guess people don't IMDb. don't understand Shirley Jackson, clearly. I guess, well, I guess people on IMDb <laughs> just didn't like it very much, which is, that's too bad, because I actually, I will say, like, it's overall, it's a pretty good adaptation. It's missing elements of tension to yeah. an extent that I think well, and like atmosphere to an extent that it could have probably kicked up a little bit I, I found that it was missing an element of spooky yes that's what was yeah. missing like it was otherwise it was just like a really messed up family oh for sure <laughs> and that's why I was watching it going is this actually gothic like I'm confused you know? <laughs> which like technically it is but you're yeah. like oh. <laughs> some questions about it yeah. so uh, the narrator of the story itself is uh, Mary Catherine Blackwood. Um, her sister calls her Mary Cat. And she's 18 years old. They have lived in their estate, like the Blackwood estate, which is this massive fucking house. Obviously, their parents were very wealthy. They've lived there for generations. Basically, the Blackwoods have always lived there. And that's what she says at the beginning. That whole opening, I believe, is taken directly from the novel. Her mm. whole thing where she says, like, you know, I'm my name is Mary Catherine Blackwood. I'm 18 years old. And that's it. The Blackwoods have always... Yeah, I live with my sister Constance and my uncle Julian. And that's yeah. it. Like, we've always lived here. Mm-hmm. Um, that's their whole thing is that they have... They are fully attached to this estate. They have always been there and they will always be there. And that yeah. is something that comes back a lot. Yeah. <laughs> so get ready for yeah. it. So... This is given in pieces, sort of a little bit at the beginning, but then over the course of the story as well. But just to kind of give everybody an overview of things, um, Mary Cat's older sister, Constance, was uh, six years prior to the beginning of the novel. She was tried and acquitted for the murder of their parents, who one evening at dinner were poisoned, basically. Yeah. And I believe their tea. Yeah, and um, Constance cooks like she loves oh cooking. my god she never stops she the never food stops. she makes looks incredible incredible and so that's why she was i assume why she was tried for it because she's like the cook and also mary cat was not at the table that evening right. it seems she wasn't eating with them right so she wasn't there so and uh so basically the parent their parents were both there so was their uncle julian who also was poisoned however he survived yeah is that why he's in a wheelchair? I believe so. Yeah, I believe it I may have that. like yeah. it may have like ailed him to the yeah. point where he needed to be in a wheelchair after. And it's also, I think, made him a little kooky. So <laughs> he's also played by Crispin Glover, so who knows? <laughs> I was sitting there watching it and I'm like, I recognize that nose. Yeah. <laughs> I'm always happy to see Crispin Glover in anything. Yeah, you love so. Crispin I Glover fucking love him. Yeah. He's great. <laughs> Anybody who's like willing to have him in their movie and probably put up with what I get the feeling is like a really interesting filmmaking experience. <laughs> Good for you. Good for you. Yeah. I think we're all happy about it. Yeah. Uh, so what, ha- like after, so after the acquittal, after Constance's acquittal, um, the entire town, basically all the people in this town are fucked up, by the They're way. really mean. They're awful. Uh, Very torches and pitchforks Oh, as well. man. Yeah, yeah. It may as well have been storming the Frankenstein yeah, castle. So much. they all basically decided that that was bullshit, that Constance was guilty, and that she basically got away with murder. It's very much got like a Lizzie Borden sensibility to it in a way where I get the feeling this is probably how people treated Lizzie Borden after mm. she, her acquittal as yeah. well, probably. So... Every Tuesday, yeah, it's every Tuesday, yes. Every Tuesday, Mary Cat takes money. So basically yes. because of this, Constance never goes into town, yeah. ever, ever, ever. She's like, 
it's not really agoraphobia because she can leave the house and go on the grounds, but she can never leave the yard. But her sister, so Maricat, is very protective of Constance. Yes, of everything Connie. that she does yeah. is to protect her sister. Yes. And she, you know, she's very like witchy in her own way, which is where I thought at the beginning we were going for like like a coven of witches. Her little I'm like, war. Is- she's also Maricat's played by Taysa Farmiga, who yeah. was in the coven season yes, of American Horror Story as well. Yeah. So. Well, so I assume that they were witches, but they're not. Like she's just a little kooky. She's you just know? a little kooky, which I think the whole family was. They yeah. do make mention of several things about their father, particularly at different yeah. times, and I get the feeling he was not a normal or good man particularly he was pretty terrible and also very weirdly paranoid he did not believe in banks so all of the cash that they have is in In, one safe at the house and also because america buried on the ground buried on the grounds (laughs) because she has what she thinks are magical wards that she has put up around the property to protect them from anyone so like to protect her sister to protect yeah herself and her sister yeah mostly her sister honestly everything's to protect constance Mm -hmm. so and that's all she cares about and you're gonna see how much she cares about that later so um she goes into town every week on tuesday to pick up their supplies uh people are horrible to her except maybe one or two people who Mm. are actually still kind to them there's a woman who works at the local diner who's nice to them all that kind of stuff but she's very regularly harassed by people including this guy who used to date constance um they're but they're pretty shitty to her uh one day basically out of nowhere because um Constance has decided she wants to make a rhubarb pie, like something specific, but they're out of sugar and stuff. So she's sent, she sends Maricat into town um, on a Thursday and it really throws her off. Yeah. Um, she's like, oh, it's not my day to go. She's really, she has like a whole moment about it. She's yeah. like, but it's not my day to go. It's not my day to go. And Tasty for me is really good at this. She's wide eyed the yeah. entire fucking movie. Oh, she- she does a great job. I kept having to remind myself that she was an American Horror Story because yeah. I'm like, she does such a good job. Like, she's a whole other yeah, character. Yeah, she's like a whole other person. So she goes, so of course she goes into town to do this, does spot an odd vehicle that she's never seen before in some person and has a bad feeling that something is coming. She said that earlier. Yeah. She was like, I feel like something's going to happen. Something's coming and we're not protected enough. Yeah. Uh, lo and behold, <laughs> when she gets back to the house... Um, their estranged cousin Charles has arrived, mm. basically seemingly out of nowhere. Um, because I mean, it's not like it's right after the parents died. They died six years ago. Yeah, like yeah. where the fuck was he then? You know, uh, coming up with a good story. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So in walks Charles played by Sebastian Stan. I know. I was um, like, Hey, look, I, my thing with Sebastian Stan that I really like whenever I see him in more of a villain role, first of all, he's incredibly good at those. He's very good as a villain. Yeah. Um, for anybody who only knows him from Marvel stuff, watch him do, well, he watch was kind of a half villain in Marvel. Sort too, of, I guess not for a, a while. Yeah. One. Yeah. Yeah. But he was like, it was like, wasn't it like mind control? So I feel like yeah. it's not the same. Anyway, yeah. um, watch him in this, watch him in fresh. So good. Somebody who seems like a nice guy, but really, really quickly realizes not a nice guy, he's really good at that. Mm. Like, it's just below the surface of what you're expecting it to be. So Charles has arrived supposedly to come and help them out under the guise of helping them out, under the guise of, you know, spending time with his cousins, blah, 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 whatever the fuck. Um, Maricat <laughs> is, liar. yeah, Ugh. Maricat is not happy about this no. because she knows that there's something off about this guy. Yeah. Uh, Constance is thrilled to have someone to cater to basically. Yeah. Cause that seems, that's like her thing is that she, all she wants to do is like 
take care of other people, cook for them, clean for them, yeah. and like make everybody happy all she's, the time. She can't she's handle got this. Really, like she does such a good job with this. This big smile. Yes. And this, like, like unfocused look in her eye, yeah. which is why I was texting you while I was watching this, and I'm like, why is everybody inexplicably crazy in, in this? this movie? Uh, yeah, I'll, yeah, like, really though, everybody's very well suited to their role. That's it. Constance is played by Alexandra Daddario, yeah, um, who's been in like a bunch of stuff, Mayfair like Mayfair Witches. Yeah, Mayfair Witches. More recently, she was in the first season of White Lotus. Mm. Um, she's been in a lot. She was in She was in those shitty Percy Jackson movies several years ago. Um, she's yeah, she's been in a bunch of stuff. She's in this. Oh fuck, I can't remember the name of the movie to save my life. Somebody listening might know and might shout it at me. Um, where she's it's uh, '80s set and she plays. Um, <laughs> there's like the, she's like this group of girls who pick up these guys on the way to like a rock concert in the '80s and try to um, basically summon the devil. Pretty much, I think it's some. I think it's something like we summon the devil or whatever it is. Anyway, whatever. It's like a demonic like possession thing, but like a really fun rock and roll one. Um, and she's like one of the like leaders of that group. She's hilarious. Really, really good. Um, and her, she has, she's one of those like people in Hollywood with like family members doing stuff. So her brother was in the shadow hunters TV series. He played Alec. They're related. That's her brother. Yeah, he's so cute. Two beautiful people, Two basically. Beautiful people. Way to go. She was in The Choice. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. She's the, the girl who's always trying to go out with Thingy, like the one who likes him, but he's never really that interested in her. Oh, right. <laughs> yeah, it's called We Summon the Darkness. We Summon the Darkness. Thank you. Yeah. It's very good. Yeah, it's yeah. so fun. Uh, yeah, no, she's she's been in a lot of she's stuff. She's been in a lot of stuff. Bloody hell. Yeah. But yeah, two beautiful people. Two, um. Yeah, her and her <laughs> brother, two like stunningly beautiful people. I wouldn't be able to look at them next to each other. Yeah. Um, so that's all she wants is to like have someone around to like make them happy and like the potential for like love and for other things, yeah. which creates, in my opinion, a really uncomfortable relationship with her cousin. Yeah. Yeah. I was like watching it, which and I was like, like, okay, it's the 1960s, not the 1860s. What's <laughs> happening right now? What's going on. Like you're really not helping everybody else's view of your family. No. Or- so Charles fully inserts himself into like the family and everything that's going on and decides he's going to stay for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, no, everyone, really, the only person who's happy about this is Constance. Julian's very thrown off by it because apparently Charles looks quite a bit like the dead father. Oh, right, okay. So he keeps calling him John. Oh, right, okay. Um, partially because he's a little kooky-ooky as well, but also because I think of, like, their physical similarities, too. Mm-hmm. He keeps referring to him as John, and Charles is like, I'm not John, and he gets really annoyed about it after a while. Yeah, um, a bit of a temper. Yeah, and Julian's also, of course, in the middle of writing what I can only assume is a book about what happened to the family uh it seems as though because the way he's referring to it and what he speaks about in sort of conjunction with it really has to do with like what happened to the parents and like the poisoning and all that kind of stuff Mm -hmm. um and he seems he seems to have trouble differentiating what's real from what's going on in his head yeah he was like an interesting character and i really had a hard time following anything he was saying like which i know was the intent for sure like like beyond what I what you normally struggle yeah. with, you know. Yeah, it definitely goes off on a tangent, and it becomes pretty qu- clear pretty quickly that Charles acts a particular way with Constance, but then he berates Julian over like him being like stupid, apparently, or like you know, like 
crazy mm. um, and is rude to Mary Cat as well pretty regularly. She's like not having it. She's like, this motherfucker needs to leave. And <laughs> she tries to get, she's so fun. She tries to get Constance to do it. And Constance is like, no, I want him to stay because yeah. I have no mind of my own right now. Right. Anyway. She doesn't say that, does she? No, she doesn't. It's just, <laughs> but she does want him to stay. She's yeah. there and she's like, no, it's fine. She never wants to ruffle any feathers no. at all. Big God smiles. Yeah, big, big smiles, smiles all the time through yeah. every uncomfortable interaction. Yeah. Um, so Mary Cat is the one who's really like, go away. Yeah. Like, you need to leave. And he's like, no, I'm not leaving. Mm-hmm. And you can tell that he's started to ask questions about like, oh, the money, money. from mom and dad. Like, where is that? Yeah. You know, and, where is it stored and everything? And Constance says, oh, it's in the safe. And I'm like, why are you telling him that? Because she wants to make everyone happy. She's yeah. a people pleaser. Yeah. Like, to the nth degree. To a really, really extreme extent. Yeah. Um, this is all in the course of like a week, by the way. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. And, and like, it just kind of escalates from there, right? Like there's like, you know, the scenes kind of keep progressing where it's like, you know, he, Charlie is like helping and I'm using like air quotes, like he's helping around the yard and he's helping around the house. Helping fix that step that takes him like two days to do. You're like, okay, it wouldn't have taken that long. No. And like everything, like then he starts like realizing that there's stuff dug up, like uh, buried in the yard and he finds a gold watch and he's really angry about the the, gold watch. Yeah. So where's the gold watch? Of course. Yeah. So he gets this gold watch because Mary Cat's like burying it in the garden because she does that shit. She just thinks she's a witch. She thinks she's a witch and she's using it to like protect everybody. Right, and she's putting it in as one of her wards, and he's like, "This is like a fully gold watch. You can get a lot of money for this." And Constance, you can even see, is just kind of like, "It doesn't matter. Like, we don't need it." Yeah, she's she says like, "It doesn't matter. Like, it's okay. It's fine." And he's like, "But it's gold," and she's like, "But we don't need it. We don't. We have plenty of money." So, and then he finds like a whole box of like uh, silver coins. Yeah, and he's like, "What the fuck? Like, why is this? Like, Like, why is this buried? Why aren't we?" And she's like, "It's fine." And she gives him like a handful of it. It makes me so uncomfortable. Like all these scenes, they make me so uncomfortable, both from him yelling at them. Yeah, and. Her just like giving him things, you know. Uh, yeah. Oh, it'll calm him down. So yeah, I'm just yeah. gonna give him and, what like, he wants. And like, it just makes me so uncomfortable. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it escalates to a point where, first of all, like he takes that watch and he wears it. Yeah. And I guarantee he keeps those coins as well. Undopey. Um, it escalates to a point where Mary Cat fully confronts him and tells him to leave, and he says he's never leaving. Mm-hmm. Um, which really, sets her off. Which she, oh boy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, which she decides that she's gonna get rid of him by like putting like like taking a bunch of stuff from the woods where she like hides all her shit and she like puts like dirty stuff all over his bed and everything and it's like really gross um and then they get into it and there's like this really uncomfortable physical altercation that winds up ensuing where so okay so what we see her do ahead of this is like he's got a lit pipe or a cigarette or something and she takes it and throws it into the waste paper basket Mm -hmm. and you're like okay something's gonna catch fire got it okay (laughs) again Uh, gothic fire yeah all the time she goes down to dinner starts doing like a weird spiel which she's done a couple of times about different types of poisons yeah. from certain types of mushrooms i believe it is uh-huh. yeah <laughs> and how fast acting or slow acting they are and what they do to you um uh-huh. he fully loses his cool at this point basically is dragging her up the stairs almost by her hair yeah. and is like probably going to beat the shit out of her i get the feeling yeah. that's what it seems like anyway um but is stopped on the stairs when he 
like I think feels, smells, and realizes that something's going on, climbs up the stairs and sees that his bedroom is on fire. Right. Basically. And starts freaking out. He's like, fire, we need to leave. Connie, Connie, we need to leave. We need to leave. Yeah, he only cares about Constance. Because yeah. he knows that like she knows where the money is. And, and he knows that she's as gullible enough to of give course. it to him. And she's like the one that he can get. The other two are not interested in him at all. Yeah. Um, so he but then of course like both of them are panicking because they've never they don't leave that house. They don't leave that house. So mm-hmm. they they don't want to leave or go anywhere. So he leaves them there and takes off for a while. And um, no, doesn't he try and open the safe before that? He does. He tries to, yeah. but uh, he tries to. Oh no, it's no after that. I think he's running he comes back, back in. Back yeah, because it's when everyone's in there. Oh right, okay. Doing everything. Yeah, they're loot. They, yeah, okay. Yeah, so he takes off um, and tries to like go warn people that there's a fire or whatever. The woman, the only nice woman in town who works in the diner, along with um, a couple of uh, Constances, well, their parents' friends. Yeah, this woman named Helen and her husband. Uh, who were friends with uh, her mom back in the day before she passed away, who do go and see Constance regularly for tea and everything, um, alert the fire department, who do show up, and they do put the fire out. Mm. But it's like there's so much anger and tension that's been built up in this town that they're like, ah, a bunch of fucking witches, and they killed their parents, and blah, 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 blah. So these people ransack the entire house Mm -hmm. immediately after. They break things. They steal things. There's, like, people running out with a couch. Like, what's happening? I know, it's awful. Um, They drag the two girls out of the house Mm -hmm. and are basically, like, it looked like there was about to be, like, a public beating of some sort happening. Mm -hmm. But Helen, this woman who was friends with their family, her husband has been trying to stop people. He's like, fucking stop. Stop right now. Um, And he shoots a gun into the air because he's like, everybody, everybody stop to like defuse the situation. And he's, and then he informs everyone that he's found that Julian has died of smoke inhalation during the fire because he basically think he wanted to die. He went into his bedroom, locked the door and sat there with his papers that he was using to write the book. So I'm pretty sure that Julian didn't want to be around anymore. Poor guy. What yeah, a way to die. he had a really sad. I found he had a really sad arc. Yeah, he anyway. did. Like he was just miserable you the, know? all the time, and probably like the fact that Charlie showed up and looked like his brother. His brother. I guess. It was like a haunting for him. Yeah, I think yeah. it really set him off a lot because you can see that he gets worse. Like mm-hmm. he's okay with the girls, but he gets yeah, yeah. a lot worse after Charles shows yeah, up. Definitely. Um, so after all of this is done. Uh, basically everybody disperses because they're like, oh, okay, someone's dead. Oh, okay, we're fucking horrible. Yes. <laughs> yes, yes, you, yes are. you are. The girls in the meantime have run away from the house for a period of time. They go into the woods and sleep there mm-hmm. and they go back to the house the next morning and are like, well, we're never, we're not leaving. So they, because again, they've always been there. Yeah. So they start cleaning up. And, and then Charles shows up again. And, and then this the other people in town show up with their little sympathy packages of food being oh, like, that's Oh, that's right. Hey, yes. Sorry, we maybe tried to kill you and yeah. desecrated like your home and everything. Hey, sorry about that. Yeah, and all this like food starts Here's a piling pie. up and like the girls are just not opening the door. Like it, they keep knocking on the door and they keep leaving this food and they're just and then, not yeah, opening the door. And you then know? Charles shows back up because yeah. he, you know, of course still wants Constance to go with him and he still wants to get the money from her. For sure. Um, he fucking stresses me out when he goes they're in the the kitchen and he goes to the window mm. near the kitchen and is like and he goes and he like sticks his head in the window because like one of the window panes is broken and he's just like i want us to be friends again and you're mm. like oh god no yeah. get out of here no he's really scary it's really very, scary it's very um shining yeah it has like <laughs> a little like moment like that um but i found it really like just to rewind a little bit yeah. like after this has all happened and the girls are in the kitchen like they've just made their way back into the house 
everything's they cleaned a mess. up. Sort they of. Kinda, they're like just before they start cleaning up and like they're kind of absorbing what happened. Yeah. And Constance just keeps saying, we'll never talk about it again. We'll never talk about it again. We'll never talk about it again. And it's just such a perfect moment like for anybody who's from like a little bit of like a very broken family yeah you'll know that this is something that that families do like when there's been trauma when there's been something really bad that's happened yep everybody loves brushing it under the rug and pretending that it never happened when you're in a situation that this happens all the time you know yeah and it's true that also you know what it's true i'm skipping over plot points here Mm. um when they are cleaning up and stuff, they have a conversation in which we finally learn because Mary Cat admits that she's the one who poisoned their parents. That's right, yeah. Because their father was pretty horribly abusive towards Constance. Yeah. I think sexually, possibly. Uh, because I would believe that. Because yeah. Constance says something like, our father was very wicked to me. And I was like, oh, I hate that. Oh, I hate, I hate that. that very yeah, much. I hate that. So she makes a comment like that and Mary Cat says, yeah, I, I did it. And Constance says, I know. I know you did. And she yeah. said, you never take sugar. So I knew that I could put it in the sugar and it would be fine. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And like, and that's what um, Mary Cat keeps saying throughout the whole movie is I must protect Constance. I, mu- I must oh, protect yeah. Constance. And, she, and so Constance. we've learned that she has been protecting Constance for a very long mm-hmm. time. So, yeah. Um, so yeah, so Charles has showed back up. He wants Constance. Constance. Or he wants the Connie. Money. Connie. And then the money that comes along with her, basically. Um, he breaks in. And basically attacks her. Mm. And Mary Cat proceeds to take... Constance has this obsession with Italy. Um, yeah. Going to Italy, she speaks some Italian. And, of course, Charles uses that to his advantage because he also speaks Italian. Um, where he's like, you know, like, oh, I can teach you. We can go to Italy together, blah, 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 anyway. And she has this snow globe with the Leaning Tower of Pisa in it. Um, and when he attacks... Constance Maricat takes that snow globe and smash and kills him. She smashes it on his head. <laughs> oh, she smashes him good. She, she gives would, him a good smash. He falls over dead. And then a and second then she one smashes with him again the, with the leaning tower piece. Yeah. So I was like, oh, no. yeah. <laughs> uh, and then they bury him in the garden. So good fertilizer. Hey, that's it. That, good and they just bad rubbish. And then they just. Keep living together. Like, yeah, they've cleaned the remains it. of the house and everything. Um, every once in a while, some kids show up to, because of course it's like, oh, the old witch house now, basically. Mm. And all that Mary Cat has to do is go outside onto <laughs> the front step and they freak the fuck out mm-hmm. and leave them alone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then that's the end of the movie. That's it. <laughs> that's it. So it's like, they're never, they're never leaving. They've always lived there and they're always going to continue to live there. They've always lived in the castle. Yeah. And like, that's it. Like you're watching this movie and like the whole time I was like, I don't actually know what's going on here, but there isn't anything going on other than what's going on, you know? And it's like, there, and that actually, I think because of the way it was filmed and like, you know, the storyline itself, you're expecting there to be like some sort of supernatural element or like something more to happen, but there doesn't need to be more that happens. Like we said at the beginning, the horror is in the relationships, you know? With the people. With the people, That's exactly it. No, it's true. And I think that because of things like The Haunting of Hill House and whatnot, we have an expectation that everything that she's, you know, written will be like that, but that's not necessarily true. Yeah. Um, That you can, you can write very effective horror that has nothing to do necessarily with um, a haunting per se. Yeah. Or that, you know, and you can, I guess, well, I guess if you look at it that way, they're haunted by their family and by their past. Absolutely. Absolutely. They're haunted by their trauma. There is a haunting. There's just no ghost. Yep. Is pretty much what it is. Mm -hmm. Um, But overall, I don't know. I thought it was quite a good adaptation. Like you said, I think it's missing some of the spooky element Mm. to it. 
And uh, to a certain extent, that would have added, like, additional atmosphere yeah. to, mm-hmm. like, a lot of the scenes, which yeah. I think would have probably, like, given it a little bit more to go off of. But, yeah, mm-hmm. no, otherwise it was a good, like, it was a good adaptation and a really interesting, different kind of look at gothic fiction. Because Absolutely. it wasn't like, there's a ghost in the house. And I think that's what threw me. Yeah. Because I think, because I, like, we did The Woman in Black yeah. as well. Um, and I think I just had this expectation that they were all going to be, they were all going to be like, like again, like haunting of Hill house. Like there's always like a haunted house and there's always ghosts and stuff. Yeah. And I was texting you going, what the fuck is happening in this movie? (laughs) What is going on? Like, why is everybody crazy? And I don't know why. And I don't understand why. But you know, the more it's like, you just kind of need to like trust the process and it's like, oh yeah, okay, this is really good. Actually. You can get through and you can have like a pretty satisfying ending to the story, even without those elements added to it. Yeah. Um, so have you guys seen, uh, this adaptation of we've always lived in the castle? I think it might be the only adaptation that exists right now. Maybe Mm -hmm. I'm wrong. I don't know. Don't quote me on that. Um, if you can't, if you have, you can let us know over on Instagram or Threads or TikTok at Fully Booked CA. You can also check out our Facebook group at Facebook.com/groups/bookwaswaybetter. And if you are still here with us for Spooky Month, which I hope you are, please feel free to leave us a five star rating and review wherever you're listening because it really helps us get the episodes out in front of more people. But until next week, guys, keep on reading. Thanks, everyone. Oh, 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 oh,